I'm excited about what God is going to do. When we started this series month, several months ago before we had this, God began to deal with me on, on just the direction of, of who we were going to have speak. And I believe that there's fixing to be some healing that takes place. I believe there was some healing, Sister Nikki, when you taught the other day. And I believe that as we go through this the next couple of weeks, there are going to be some people that are going to walk out of this place and they're going to say, you know what, I'm freer than I have ever been because I have received healing. I've been able to let go of some hurt, some pain, some bitterness, some anger. Before we start this morning, can we just, right where you're sitting, can you just lift a hand and can we just ask the Lord to anoint us and touch us and prepare our hearts and minds this morning? God, we love you. I'm asking, Lord, that you would speak into this place today, that you would touch, that you would minister, oh Lord. I'm asking, God, that you would have your way that your word would touch our hearts and that it would minister, God. Plow up the fallow ground of our soul. God, I'm asking in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Well, good morning, everybody. I um, told uh, Sister Tara that I was really nervous today. And she said that she was nervous too, but when she got up here, she realized this is her people. And um, you're right. I feel like like you guys are my people. So um, anyway, I'm just going to talk to you today um, from my heart. Uh, I, I do have a lesson, but I was telling my husband, I said, um, I obviously I'm going to teach the lesson on forgiveness, but I just feel like... Um, maybe somebody needs to hear more of my testimony. Um, so today I'm uh, teaching, I'm going to continue the series, um, but forgiveness has brought great freedom in my life. Um, forgiveness has um, just, it's completely transformed my life. Um, and until about eight years ago, I didn't know what true forgiveness was. Um, I had lived, I'm just going to dive right in. I was going to save this kind of till the end, but I'm changing it up. Um, But I had uh, lived a pretty uh, charmed life, pretty great life. Um, I grew up in a really good home. Um, My dad was my pastor my whole life. Um, And I got married to who I thought was a great guy. I have two beautiful daughters. Um, Now we have six children now, but (laughs) me and my new husband have six children now. But at the time I had two beautiful um, little girls. It was eight years ago. Um, They were six and seven years old and life was really good. Um, Things were, my husband had a great job. Um, we were working in ministry alongside my parents. Um, my girls were thriving. Everything was really sweet. Um, until one day, about eight years ago, it was eight years ago in April, um, my husband came home. And I'm going to be really transparent with you today. Um, but he came home and admitted to um, unfaithfulness in our marriage. Um, and that completely destroyed me. Um, obviously it would destroy anybody. Um, but it 
totally just devastated our lives. Um, we, and we're going to talk about today some aspects of forgiveness, um, such as reconciliation and consequences and things of that nature. But um, we tried a lot of those things. And it wasn't just a, um, okay, you did this, you're out. Like, we tried to fix things um, because I didn't want my girls to grow up in a broken home. Um, that's what, you know, now everybody likes to call it a broken home. Um, I didn't want that for my daughters. Um, so anyway, we, we tried. Um, but about six months after the confession, I guess you call it, um, my husband walked out of our lives forever. And um, he chose a different path for his life. Um, so I was left as a single mom of a six and seven year old little girl, of little girls. And um, it was the most devastating thing that had honestly ever happened to me or my family. Um, it was, I went from being a stay at home mom to having barely a part-time job that I had just gotten when Sadie had went to kindergarten just for some extra spending money um, to having to work full-time, which I'm obviously not complaining about that, but it was, it, it totally changed my life. Um, I was having to work about 60 to 70 hours a week to support my girls. Um, thankfully, at the time, um, I had my mom and dad uh, were still alive, and they um, were such a support, like my support system. I, I can never thank God enough for the support system I had at that time. Um, but um, during that time, I became very bitter. Probably about the first year, I lived in bitterness um, how dare somebody come and destroy my life, um, the way that, and my daughter's lives. You know, you can have somebody mess with you, but when it happens to your kids, it's a different, it's a whole different story. Um, so, and I get, I get emotional because forgiveness is an emotional, um, thing. So I don't apologize for that. Um, but I, uh, I just lived in that bitterness for that first year. I was mad, and rightfully so. Anybody would be mad. Anybody would be angry that this was happening to their family. Um, but God began to deal with me. And during this time, I didn't really want to pray. I had grown up in church. Um, I had been a pastor's kid, um, all the typical things you learn, I knew. I knew everything about being an apostolic. Um, but I didn't, I had never really developed a prayer life um, the way that this taught me. So, um, so when God started dealing with me, it was more, you just, like, he was convicting me. I needed to pray, and I didn't want to pray. Like, I was angry. I didn't want to, 
I didn't, honestly, at that point, I was going to church. It was mainly for my daughters. Um, and I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm emotional because I, I always get emotional when I talk about this, but um, I look back and I, I'm so thankful that even though I didn't really want much to do with God or the church, I continued just doing what I had been taught um, because I knew for my girls' sake that's what I needed to do. Um, so, anyway, I just continued doing what I knew and just trying to keep my head above water, um, just just trying to keep it together for them. Um, but God kept dealing with me and um, about prayer. And so finally, I gave in after about seven or eight months of just being mad and not praying one time. Um, and I started praying. And at first, it wasn't like, it was angry prayers. It was um, like, just questioning prayers. And a lot of people say you shouldn't question God. Everything happens for a reason. Like, you know, all the typical things you hear. But I, I feel that in a time like that, it is, it's okay to ask questions. And so that's what I did. I just prayed um, and did the best that I could. So anyway, I just, God was really dealing with me. He was softening my heart, thankfully, because I was not a happy person at that time in my life. Um, you probably wouldn't have wanted to know me then. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I finally, one day, I was talking to my dad, and my dad, my dad and mom walked through this with me, and I knew they had a lot of forgiveness to deal with too. You know, my we had been part of their ministry team. That was not just a betrayal on their daughter. It was, it had torn apart part our church. It was, it was just devastating all the way around. Um, but I asked my dad, and I would. It was kind of funny. I would go to my dad's office. Like, I, I mean, I was a saint in his church, but. I would go to his office, like, and talk to him like I was just a regular saint because I knew if I asked these questions at home, my mom was very emotional, rightly so. She was a mother as well about it. So I knew that going to my dad in his office and just asking, talking to him about it was what I needed to do. And um, he gave me the greatest advice on forgiveness, and it was very typical my dad he very practical advice it wasn't hard to understand it was I just sat there and cried and I said I don't know how to forgive how do I forgive him after what he's done to me and my girls and my dad he was crying too because we're both criers <laughs> and he said well sis he said, you just got to wake up every day and make that choice. And um, up until that point, I think I had thought, well, 
it, forgiveness is just going to come. Like, I'm going to pray, and forgiveness is going to, like, magically happen, and everything's going to be fine. Like, everything's going to be forgiven. We're going to all move on with our life. And that wasn't happening. But when he told me that, I thought, well, for one, I thought, this is going to be a lot harder than I thought. Um, because um, who wants to get up every day and make another choice to forgive somebody that you honestly at this point don't like at all? Um, so anyway, but he told me, he said, you've got to make that choice every day. And um, he said, you've got to wake up, make that choice, and then pray that God can help you forgive today. And all you have to do is make it through the day. And um, that's when it really started for me, because I was able to take that very practical advice. And it was it wasn't easy, but it was easy to comprehend. And it was, I'm just going to wake up tomorrow and life's going to be hard because we're just in a hard season, but I'm going to choose to forgive this person. And um, in that, I was given a beautiful opportunity. And, and I think this is where the power of forgiveness has shown so brightly in my life. Um, but I was given the opportunity to be an example to my daughters. And they, um, you know, and it's, it's not perfect to this day. Um, we, they still have issues with their dad. Um, and there's times I still have issues with their dad, if we're being real. Um, but... Um, to this day, they have, I've given them that same advice that my dad gave me from a young age, from six and seven years old, because they had to grow up pretty quick. And they had to find out things that had happened. Not, obviously not everything. You don't tell your kids everything. But they had to have some honest conversations with their mom from a really young age, and they had to learn the power of forgiveness. And for me, that's, other than raising them in truth, that's the greatest gift I feel that I could have given them, is that now go, there's going to be a lot more things happen in their lives. They're only 14 and 15 today. Um, there's going to be hurtful things in their lives. There's going to be I mean, I don't want those things to happen, but that's just life. Um, but they know the power of forgiveness. So I, and and that's not, I'm acting like, like that's not me. That's God um, just perf performing a miracle in our lives. Um, but, so that's just a little bit of our testimony. Um, we... We've we've walked a lot of road, and it's been sometimes bitter, sometimes angry. But today, I can truly say I heard I heard a quote once, and it said, um, "Dysfunction is not your legacy. There's always room on the table for victory and forgiveness." Um, and when I heard that, I I, I was about probably three or four years into my journey of forgiveness. 
And that really helped me because I, at that point, determined that we're not going to be victims. These girls are going to be a statistic. Um, I refuse for that to happen. They're not going to dwell on the fact that, yes, at some points your home was dysfunctional, but that's not going to be your legacy. Your legacy is going to be forgiveness, and you're going to walk in victory. Um, so anyway, that's just a little bit of our testimony. Um, I am going to get into the lesson today, um, but I just wanted to preface it with where I was coming from on forgiveness. Um, I don't know everything, but I just wanted to let you all know and just try to encourage somebody that might be dealing with a hard issue, whether it's from your marriage or your childhood, or maybe it's something that some people might think is simple, but it matters to you and it matters to God. Um, so anyway, I just want to let you know that there is a power in forgiveness and you are, there's always, victory is always on the table. Um, so, and you are able to walk in victory even after the hurts and pains that life can throw at you. Um, so today we're going to look at the scripture, Matthew um, chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. Um, it says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Um, and unfortunately, I was not able to be here for Brother Sean's lesson on forgiveness. We were out of town that weekend, so I regret that. Um, but Sister Nikki did a beautiful job last week um, talking about why I think it was why I shouldn't forgive. Um, and so this week, we're going to continue the lesson, um, and it's why I won't forgive. Um, and we're going to talk about... Um, we're going to talk about some, about four points that um, are maybe myths or misunderstandings that a lot of people have on forgiveness. Um, so the first point we're going to talk about today is forgiveness and repentance. Um, and a lot of people say or think you cannot honestly forgive someone unless that person shows remorse for what they did. And... Um, if that was the case, um, according to my testimony, then I would not have been able to forgive anybody um, in that situation. Um, however, um, because some people, they don't ask for forgiveness. They don't, they either, they're either unaware that they've hurt you. Maybe they're unmoved by the fact they've hurt you. Um, they don't really care. Um, they're unwilling to admit their mistake. Um, and I feel like we've all been at some of these points in our lives, um, or they're unable to ask for forgiveness. Do you know it could be maybe they're not around anymore? Maybe they're not in your life anymore. Um, but to do with forgiveness and uh, repentance, there's at least three um, different things that people use arguments. Um, that people use demanding repentance before granting forgiveness. 
Um, number one, forgiveness needs to be earned. Those who demand that their offender earn forgiveness by demonstrating sorrow are operating under the illusion that somehow their offender's repentance will be sufficient to cover the offense. The words, I'm sorry, may, br- may bring momentary relief, but um, to bring true and permanent healing, um, those words are kind of insufficient. Um, And salvation is a lot like that. We're not saved just because we told God, I'm sorry. Um, We're saved because he chose to forgive us. And that's what I uh, was talking about in my testimony a while ago. And I'm not not near as good as God is at it. I I strive to be, but I'm definitely not. Um, But choosing forgiveness is huge in the power of forgiveness. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Um, The second part of this, of forgiveness and repentance, um, that someone may think is forgiving an unrepentant person invites further abuse. And while this may be true, um, it's, it, it does, but if we look at it through the lens of grace, grace invites abuse. Um, but God still chooses to take that risk with us. Um, so that's, that was powerful to me in this lesson was like, yeah, I don't want to forgive you because you've been horrible to me or horrible to my family. Um, but God's forgiven me when I've been really horrible to him. Um, so that, that really spoke to me. Um, it's up to us whether we abuse his gift of forgiveness or not. And it's also up to our offender whether he abuses our forgiveness towards him. And, um, I tell, I tell my kids a lot, um, that you, obviously you need to forgive, but once, once that's over, you need to make whatever they're doing not your business anymore. Um, I, that's what I tell my kids. It's not my business anymore. Yes, I love that person. I'm going to pray for that person. But what they do with my forgiveness, it's not up to me and it's not my business. So the downside of forgiveness is that it invites further abuse. But the upside is that it exposes us to a higher way of living. Um, Number three in this says, forgiving an unrepentant person is unscriptural. One of the strongest arguments people offer for demanding repentance or an apology before offering forgiveness is that the Bible seems to require it. After all, if God requires us to acknowledge our sin before he forgives us and we are to forgive others in the same way God has forgiven us, then shouldn't we require our offender to repent before we forgive him? It, that's, that's what it would seem like to us, right? Um, but that kind of thinking fails to note an important distinction. And there's a difference between receiving forgiveness and granting forgiveness. The issue of repentance is vitally important to receiving forgiveness. 
but it's totally irrelevant to granting forgiveness. Um, in other words, repentance is required for the offender, but should not be required by the offended. So, you know, I was very hurt in what happened, but I had to learn to give forgiveness, even though I was never going to get an apology back. And I knew that. I knew I was never going to get that apology. But um, I had to choose to forgive that person. Romans 5, 8 says, but God commandeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God offered us forgiveness before we asked for it because he was the offended party. But we must repent before we can receive forgiveness because we are the offending party. From God's viewpoint, biblical forgiveness is unconditional. And my brother's walking in the back now. He told me he would interrupt the um, teaching. So that's just to make me a little more nervous. <laughs> but, um, excuse me, um, biblical forgiveness is unconditional. The, the best reason to forgive unconditionally is the emotional and spiritual healing it brings into our lives. And I just want to talk about that for a minute from a personal standpoint. Um, and it's, it's hard to, it's easy to love unconditionally when it's like your child. Like you're going to love them unconditionally. Um, it's not always easy to love somebody unconditionally that's not your child, um, but that, that child, has it, that's yours, and so you're going to love them unconditionally. However, forgiving unconditionally is a lot harder. Um, so, um, it, but when we can forgive unconditionally, it doesn't matter what somebody does to you, um, when we can do that, the freedom that it brings to your life is unbelievable. And when you can truly walk in the freedom of forgiveness and feel the peace when you shouldn't have peace, you shouldn't, like, the pain that has been caused on your life, there should be no peace. It truly is, that's when we know that forgiveness is God-given because it really is the peace that passes all understanding. Um, so um, it's kind of like um, they, in the lesson, they compare it to a three-legged ra race where um, you've got to, you finally have to like cut yourself off from like that so that the emotional, um, I'll actually just read it to you so I don't confuse you. Um, so often when people think about forgiveness, they think about what it's going to do for someone else. What they don't realize is that forgiveness is really an act of self-interest. We're doing ourselves a favor when we cut ourselves loose from being an emotional victim of someone else's wrong. Whether our offender repents or not is between them and God. And like I said, it's, it's not my business anymore. Um, but don't let their wrong become an issue between you and God. Um, the next, uh, the second point we're going to talk about today is forgiveness and consequences. Um, many, many may think if you really forgive someone, you would want that person to be released from the consequences of their actions. One of the greatest barriers to forgiveness 
is the myth that forgiving someone automatically frees them from any consequences of their actions. Such a misunderstanding makes many people hesitant to forgive or condemns them to a lifetime of unnecessary bitterness. And that's really true. It's uh, when at the beginning of my journey of forgiveness, I, I felt like if I forgive this person, it just totally negates anything they've done to me. It, like, they're not going to have to pay the consequences. Why would I want to forgive that person? I want revenge, you know? Like, as humans, we want that. Um, but, and there's a lot of examples in here, but I, I feel like I don't even have to read those. My, my story that I gave at the beginning is example enough. You want revenge on that person who hurts your family. Um, but the same dilemma that lies behind that scenario, does forgiveness automatically erase the consequences of sin? Have I truly forgiven someone if at the same time I insist that they be held accountable for their actions? The answer to this is found in the important distinction of vengeance and justice. Vengeance is my desire to see another person suffer for the pain he has caused me. The Bible consistently warns against harboring this kind of feeling in my heart. Romans 12:19 says, "Dear friends, don't try to get even. Let God take revenge. In the scriptures, the Lord says, "I am the one to take revenge and pay them back." Justice, however, is the payment that God or society might demand from someone because of a wrong they have committed against us or against society as a whole. While we are to avoid vengeance, the Bible teaches us to seek justice for those who have been wronged. Isaiah 1.17 says, Learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the orphan, fight for the rights of widows. God says that I'm supposed to surrender my desire for vengeance, but I can never surrender the responsibility to seek justice. The Bible teaches us that in addition to God and the church, the government and the church are to be administrators of justice in our society. God deals with us in the same way. And I like this part of this lesson. He deals with us in the same way. When he forgives us, he removes the eternal consequences of sin, but not necessarily the temp temporal consequences of our actions. So that, that really helped me in my journey um, because when I was studying on forgiveness early on and praying about it, and I felt like if I forgive, I'm going to have to like just like he, he gets off free or that this person gets off, like they're not going to have to pay the consequences. But no, that's not up to me. That is, that is God... God can forgive him, that person. God can deal with all of that. That's not something I have to deal with. But that person will always have to deal with the temporal consequences. The temporary things that happen in our lives, they're going to have to deal with. And um, so why would a forgiving God or a forgiving person still allow someone to suffer such consequences? And um, it, 
the lesson just kind of goes over what consequences are um, and what they add to us as uh, humans. And um, they, for one, they promote order. Um, it would be kind of crazy. We have six kids. If there was never a consequence for anything they do, they can just run wild. And I'm not going to give them a consequence. Um, that my house would be unbelievably crazy, crazier than it already is. Um, and I, that would just add to our stress. Why would we do that? So that's what consequences are to us in our spiritual walk, in our everyday walk. You can't drive down the road and go 80 miles an hour down Country Club Road and not there not be a consequence. Hopefully, maybe you won't get caught, but, but there's going to be a consequence, I would hope, because I drive this road with my kids every day. So um, that's what consequences are. They also serve as a, a deterrent to others. Fear of consequences is perhaps the most powerful incentive for obedience. And, um, you know, we talk, we don't want to live in fear, but we do need to have a respect for consequences. Um, consequences prevent us from further disobedience. God regularly uses the consequences of sin to bring us back into a right relationship with him and keep us there. Psalm 119.67 says, I used to wander off until you disciplined me, and now I closely follow your word. Um, this quote says, if I sin and in the process of sinning break my arm, when I find forgiveness from sin, I still have to deal with the broken bone. So that, you know, that's just... You can, we all sin, we all need forgiveness in our lives, but when we do, we still have to deal with the consequences of that. Um, if you're struggling with hurts inflicted by someone else, release your desire for vengeance and let God or others pursue justice. On the other hand, if you desire forgiveness, don't be discouraged over the lingering consequences of your sin. Instead, View them as a gift designed to keep you close to the God who loves you. Um, and before I move to the next point, and I'm probably only going to get through one more point because I'm more long-winded than I thought I was. <laughs> but uh, when we think about it like that, when I truly released my just need to get back at a person for what they did to me, that that's also when true freedom and peace was applied to my life. Um, so the next part we're going to talk about is, um, sorry, I'm going to skip over, forgiveness and forgetting. And this one is kind of close to my heart because as um, people, it's hard to forget. Um, and I don't, it, it's really impossible to forget everything that's been done to you. Um, we think if you have really forgiven someone, you should be able to forget what they have done to you. But no, it's, it's not that easy. Um, forgetting is not a test of genuine forgiveness. That's not, you don't have to forget to truly be a forgiver. 
Um, attempting to force oneself to forget a hurt simply results in bitterness or guilt because we continue to remember in spite of ourselves. Someone may struggle on either side of the forgetting issue. If God has really forgiven me, why do I keep remembering my sin? Maybe I haven't genuinely repented. If I've really forgiven my offender, why can't I forget what they did to me? Maybe I haven't genuinely forgiven them. But doesn't God forgive our sins? And isn't his forgiveness of us a model for our forgiveness of others? Jeremiah 31, 34 says, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Um, and it talks about the Hebrew word zakar, which means remember in this verse, has the significance of causing to remember, mentioning, recalling, reminding, recording. In other words, it's not that God cannot remember, it's that he chooses not to remember. And I love that um, because it's like a lot of times we think, well, God just forgets it. And like, it's, we can't be like God. Like, I'm not that good. It's, no, he chooses to forgive it. Just like you have to choose to, f- or he chooses to forget your sin. Just like we have to choose to forgive, we also have to choose to forget um, and just move forward. Um, th- Romans chapter 4, 7 through 8 says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose sin is no longer counted against them by the Lord. You are not God. Your memory fails you often, sometimes by forgetting things you want to remember and sometimes remembering things you want to forget. Forgetting is a function of the brain but forgiving is a function of the spirit. Um, Anytime we encourage someone to forget an event, we're asking them to do the impossible. Forgetting offenses is not humanly possible, and neither is it profitable. In fact, remembering our past failures causes us to express gratitude to God, extinguish pride in ourselves, and exhibit grace to others. And that last one is um, really spoke to me because um, when you're dealing with forgiveness, and I'm going to end pretty quickly here, um, but when you're dealing with forgiveness, um, it becomes, like I said, I was able to teach my daughters forgiveness and what they were seeing me do. Was I perfect at it? No, I'm still not perfect at it. Um, But... You, ex- you do exhibit grace to others when you're exhibiting that. How can I handle memories of past hurt? Do not cultivate the memories. So don't dwell on the memories. Um, that's, that's one of the biggest things is not thinking about it anymore. And it's hard at first. It's taken eight years for me to get to where I don't think about this every day. Um, recall your own failures. Remember your decision to forgive. Remember that it's a choice every single day. And realize that healing memories take time. Um, so today, I, I hope that I've encouraged somebody with this lesson and with um, just a little bit of my testimony on my journey of forgiveness. Um, and today, I just 
encourage somebody that may, maybe needs to forgive, um, that there's ro- always room for forgiveness, always room for victory and to walk, walk in that. Um, so anyway, I just want to encourage you today. We're about to enter into a time where we just we take a, a break before we kick off our service, but if you would stand with me for just a moment. The Lord said that he's come that we might have life, that, what, that we might have it more abundantly. Forgiveness, you think about this, when your sins have been forgiven, you find life and freedom and joy in life like you've never had before. When I'm able to forgive others and I'm able to let that go, I'm going to find life and find it more abundantly. Doesn't change what happened, but it sets me free. I feel the Lord in this place right now. Why don't we just ask him to just touch us right now, Lord? I thank you for your love and your kindness. I thank you for your word, God. I'm asking that you would look in our lives today. God, there are hurts and pains that are represented in this room that I cannot fathom. There are things that have happened in lives that I can't speak to, but God, you can. And I'm asking, Lord, that we would release that, that we would give that to you, that we would find the true freedom that you want to give us and the healing uh, from the hurts that you want to bring. I ask it in the name of Jesus. I worship you and I praise you. Praise the Lord. We're going to have we're going to have about a 10 8 10 minute break here before we kick off service. So please greet somebody, shake their hand, let them know you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord and you're dismissed at this time.